0: Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners,
1: entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast.
0: Three, two, welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. Your real estate advocates, community connectors, 803 810 2230. If you have any real estate needs or questions, comments, concerns, and you can always hit us up at our website, thejoneszones.com. That's joneszones with an S Brian, how are you? Do you remember right before we went on the air, you said you were not going to interrupt me? You interrupted me. What are you talking about? You said,
1: I'm not going to interrupt you. Count me down. And then I was like, okay. And then you're like, I said three. And you said, welcome to the Joe Zone. You I'm just sorry. interrupted
0: me. Uh, I apologize for that. You know that it's something that I'm working on, so I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't call me out in front of Fabie here. I'm sorry, right? <laughs> That's right. All right,
1: go ahead, Chris. I'm doing well. I'm doing really well, by the way. I got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of marketing things that are just really they're taking off. It's, man, it's 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 awesome.
0: Well, good. It sounds like we've got a great guest to talk more about marketing and help us out. So, without any further ado, let's get started. Let's Today do it. we are joined by Fabie Pressler. Fabie is Hi. An... <laughs> Fabie is an author and an entrepreneur. She's the president of Spark Publications. In her new book, "Fabulous F Words of Business Ownership: Redefining Choice Words to Fuel Your Small Business" is available for pre-order and is going to be released on paperback uh, in about two weeks, um, or you can download the ebook today. Uh, so, Fabi, we'll get into that and a lot more. Um, welcome to the Jones Zone. Good to have you. Well,
2: I'm glad to be part of the Jones Zone. Yeah, in yeah. the zone. In the zone.
1: In the zone. First, first impression. Before we get started, I'm going to put you on the spot. Better. Ha- Who's having a better hair day, Chris or, Chris or Brian? Me or Chris?
2: Actually, I was thinking I was having a frizzy hair day. So no,
1: you're having a great <laughs> hair day. You're having a great hair day. That was a Brian. She gave
0: me the wink. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Well, <laughs> Faby, you're involved in uh, a lot of different things. And um, if you don't mind, just take a quick minute to share some of your personal story, uh, some of your professional background, and then all the things that you got going on with your writings and your... Being the president of spark publications
2: all right well spark publications was launched home base 20 years ago and i did that to be home with my family and to be able to use all the skills that i had you know accumulated with um, being a graphic designer and being in the customer service and the marketing world so i kind of put all those things together and launched that and six years later i decided to take it from home base and started um, hiring employees and had a out of you know home office. And then a few years after that, then I bought a building and we just kept growing. And what we do is we design and produce custom books and magazines for our clients. We're an independent publisher and everything we do is custom. And some of the things that you may have seen from us locally are Valentine Magazine, UNC Charlotte, Pride Magazine, um, Craveables Carolina Magazine, and then we have a lot of international and um, two international titles that that we produce. And all of that is is marketing design, it's publication design, and we've been serving clients that are large national associations to corporations to the entrepreneur, business owner.
0: Jeez. So take us back to before you launched Spark, like what were some of the things that you you did, and then a little bit about where where you're from and where you grew up and stuff.
2: Well, how far back do you want to go? <laughs>
0: third grade. What was, <laughs> was
2: that?
0: Third grade. <laughs> Brian said third grade. I'm just
2: kidding. Third grade. In third grade, I live now. <laughs> um, I was born to two French parents who immigrated to Canada where I was born, and then. Um, then we moved to the Bahamas and then immigrated into the United States so I am first generation US citizen my first language was French and my parents are truly awesomely creative um, individuals my dad's a chef and his creativity ended up launching a, a fabulous restaurant in Columbia, South Carolina and those skills of being a truly great chef and business owner did not translate into the success of a business owner which meant that unfortunately he closed that restaurant and unfortunately what that meant was the beginning of really understanding what fear was when we lost our home and lost the land that we lived on and the senior you know the year before my senior year then we left everything we knew and moved into a home that a fabulous friend of the families had opened up to us. So they took in my entire family for almost um, a year wow. and got back on our feet. And then I was in high school, I was there for a short time, I did graduate, and decided that it was just time to start my life. And so I moved to Charlotte by myself, um, did not have any money, didn't have a car, didn't know anybody here and just Decided I was going to become a graphic designer and got my life started here in Charlotte and have not left. <laughs> wow. Traveled a little bit since, but Charlotte is definitely home now.
0: Awesome, that's a great story. So, what kind of graphic design did you get into?
2: What do you mean? Like,
0: what all did you when you? Do you know what graphic start, designing yeah, is? Yeah, but is? when you got started, like, what did you do? I mean. I um,
2: started working for some other companies, and then I got recruited to the Charlotte Observer into the creative department, and then was recruited to um, a couple other firms, and then just realized that I really, really wanted to spend more time with my family, and everybody was spending more time with my family than I was, and so I decided, well, I'm going to take on that knowledge, and that's where I started at Homebase, so then the graphic design turned into a more focused level of graphic design, where we were designing specifically for magazines and marketing campaigns. Yeah. And then Chris started creating books and designing custom and independently published books from there. so, and so you, we just celebrated 20 years this year.
1: Yeah. Congratulations. That's nice. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So
2: it can be done. You don't have to have a silver spoon to do it, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so who should write a book? Are, what type of p- authors are you guys working with, mainly entrepreneurs and business owners or people that are doing fiction? Or like who all do you guys serve?
2: We serve... Um, primarily a business owner who wants to fuel their business, to grow their business, or to fuel a mission or a purpose that they have. So we work with attorneys, we work with human resource companies, we work with nonprofits, but everyone that's got a really good story that can help fuel their business and be impactful to their audience. We've done some fiction, um, I mean some non, yeah, some fiction, some novels, And mostly those are folks that really have a following or someone that they know is a really good audience and they're looking to build that. So it's not, you know, we're not competing with the firms that are just pumping out a lot of books. I mean, we have a limited number of books that we do each year, but, you know, we can proudly say that 95% of those have won national awards, either independent publishing or marketing design and publishing.
1: I have a question. So basically, okay, so say I'm a business owner, an entrepreneur, and, and immediately I'm thinking in my head, the story I'm telling myself is I'm not interesting enough to write a story. It is, that
2: may be true, but you may have some really good knowledge. Right. And that knowledge is something that your audience would be benefiting from. So it's not it's not like your life story, although we do strongly, strongly suggest that our clients infuse their personal stories into their business story. And you said, you guys are, you're a realtor, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so what better way than to share with people how to purchase a home or how to buy that first home or the journey towards that? And what made it, um, realistic for you to become an expert in that and be able to share that with tips and maybe either some case studies or something of great value to help you build your audience and to give them some really valuable information.
0: Now, how much help do you guys provide these people? I mean, is this like from concept all the way to the actual publishing or like yep. how? Yep.
2: So we have some um, business owners that will come in and they're like, I know I need to write a book. I've got some conferences coming up or I've got these great ideas. and I mean, it's all very different, but I take you from the strategy, um, helping you define who that audience is that needs to benefit from your message and what your goals are you know, why are you going to invest the time to tell this story and bring it into your business? And how's that going to benefit you? And how's it a value to your audience? And, you know, we've helped quite a few people to either write their book or set them up with a ghostwriter or set them up with a structural editor. So most of us are not writers. I mean, we write well, you know, professionally, as far as, you know, our proposal letters, right? (laughs) But that doesn't mean that we're an, um, a writer as far as a book writer. So you take your knowledge and you work with a professional to help you get manuscript done. And then we design and produce the book based on your, art, on your audience and for the marketability of the book. So it's a handholding process, which is why we don't mass produce and they're all custom and independently done.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So they basically come in and sit down and I think I'm more impressed with what happens like What happens after the book's made, like do you guys, you guys, it sounds like you sit down and have like a marketing strategy and Mm -hmm. like, like how do the, how do business owners capitalize the most out of writing a book or is that more of an independent basis?
2: It's um, it's mostly independent, but the majority of us want to increase our audience or increase our, our business. And so the books are created strategically in order to help you do that then there is most definitely a marketing campaign and a public relations campaign that needs to follow that. And that's done a little bit differently for each business owner because the audience is very different yeah. and each audience wants to receive information differently. Mm. And so that's where, again, the customized um, program comes into that. But, yeah, it's it's you have to have a huge marketing and public publicity efforts to follow that. Some people think they can do it on their own and some of them are really good at it and then others just, you know, Again, we'll customize a package to help them work with what they need to work with.
0: What kind of packages do you usually? What does a package entail? Like, what does that mean?
2: A package for us starts either at five or six thousand dollars, and it just really depends on again the individualized things that the business owner, the author, or the corporation needs. Sometimes that that you know six thousand dollars will include all the editing, all the design, all the production. Um, you know that great cover, the interesting inside. And then it depends on how you wish to distribute it. You know, is it gonna be a hardback book? How do you need to have a couple of thousand of them printed? Or are you wanting to do it print on demand so that you're managing your inventory without having to, you know, invest huge amounts of money into it up front?
0: What kind of shifts are you seeing in the last decade or so with all the eBooks and all that sort of stuff? I mean, how are you guys kind of, how have you evolved over the last 20 years now that you've been open for, for so long?
2: the quantities of the printed books are lower and we're now splitting those up between the eBooks and the print books. But what happens is everybody is such entrenched into a digital world that actually producing these custom books has actually gone up because think about it, how do you break through the clutter of the clients or the audience that you're wanting to get to? Send them one more e-link and see how that works out or you hand them this great book Mm-hmm. And it becomes the most amazing business card brochure mm-hmm. you've ever had altogether, Of course, it needs to be professionally produced so that it reflects the quality of what you're trying to do yeah but that... yeah I mean the industry's changing, the distribution models are changing, and you know now everybody that has a computer thinks they can do a book and send it out there and that is an option, but whew, some of them kind of damage your business more than they help.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's something about holding the actual physical copy of a book that just helps establish that authority, right?
2: Credibility and Credi- authority, yeah. Because yeah. first of all, you believe in what you're going to do enough to invest the time and resources to put out a professional book. And you're, you're showing, you're reflecting the quality of the type of work that you want to do for your clients.
0: Right but great questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. Um, we had some, some other questions too. I think, um, you're, you sound like someone that's pretty humble, but it seems like you've won quite an amazing amount of awards. So like, what, how has this business that you've started kind of shaped your own professional trajectory? I mean, you're, you're winning business marketing associate of the year and all this and all, all sorts of leadership awards and uh, Women's Intercultural Exchange Award like I mean how has all this kind of changed your trajectory starting your own thing
2: um, well the secret to a lot of these awards is um, trying and failing miserably and then being able to <laughs> tell a really good story about how you came back
1: <coughs> you bounce back yeah, yeah, yeah every, perseverance yeah everybody likes that story that yeah. uh,
2: apparently yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of rough going through it but the cool thing with the awards is that you know as you don't have a huge budget and you know that You can tell a story and that story can be of some benefit to somebody else. Then you you share that story and and you can enter it into these um, competitions. And, you know, in the meantime, you're meeting these judges that normally you wouldn't have access to and they get to know you a little bit. And then, you know, you're at an event and some of these judges come up to you and they know you and you're like, how do you know me? Mm. (laughs) So... You know the, the award thing has been has been phenomenal. I have been very surprised quite a few times. I mean, um, like the the um, Greater Women's Business Council, there was a a huge um, three state competition, and um, we were at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. And I had a mentor that nominated me, so I just went because you know there's going to be a thousand people there, a lot of corporate sponsors, and all these you know dynamic. Women business owners, and I just went there for the great meal and the entertainment, and ended up winning that award. And so that was um, shocking and humbling. I mean, I was ready to take a picture of whoever's going to win it. You know,
1: yeah. <laughs> so Baby Pressler, huh? <laughs> yeah, like
2: oh, okay. Dude, wait a minute, <laughs> it's me. And then the marketing awards that um, that was that was really awesome, but that was from a passion project. And being able to give of myself by pulling in all these business owners and telling their great stories and giving them free promotion, and we created a magazine based about it, it was a print magazine that you know delivered around Charlotte. It was all um, business owners would just have to sign up for it and they would get it for free. And apparently that um, those efforts and the great successes we had with that, we won a um, national. Um, In 2015, it was the best new B2B magazine launch in the country. So that was pretty awesome. And, you know, those kind of accolades give you further credibility. And so the Business Marketing Association of the Carolinas felt it befitting to name me Marketer of the Year. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: that is pretty cool. So that's the B2B Tribe magazine. Is that? Yeah. So tell us about that. What's that? Who gets involved with that? I mean, there was a lot
2: involved in that, and um, I did that for three years, six issues, and three sold-out events, and it was all, you know, never made, never planned to make a penny on that. I was just looking to, to break even, and you know, it's my passion to have conversations with business owners and to help share their stories so other business owners could get to know each other and do business together, and that was just a, a really good project that I did for those three years. I'm thinking about, um relaunching that more of on a national scale as a, a digital publication but I don't know today I got three winks as to it's time to do the events again so mm. well we'll see you know sometimes you make decisions and you back up because you don't think anybody cares and then you slowly start hearing other people's versions and how it impacted their businesses and that was what it was all about
0: Yeah. I mean, share with us some of your success stories. Like, I mean, I know people are out there building authority and becoming celebrities. I mean, who are some of the guys and gals that you've helped launch or you feel like you had a big part in their business growing and possibly even still being able to keep a business? Like, I mean, have you had a bunch of success stories that pop out?
2: Yeah, I mean, I had a couple recently that let me know that they met at one of the events and then they became partners in their, um, in their companies, you know, just built this new company. So that was pretty good. And, and this morning, interestingly enough, you know, I had a sales call and um, another uh, interview and both of those wanted to take time to stop and share their gratitude for some of the things that happened at some of the events that they were. And one of them I had invited to do a roundtable. And she let me know that was the first time that she, you know, facilitated anything like that. And it just completely planted a seed for her to have this confidence in order to become a consultant, which she never really even dreamed of that she could. And so even this this morning, she just you know, shared her gratitude for having that opportunity and it just being something that just launched a new career for her. And I thought that was pretty cool. So, you know, you just never know that anything that you put out there, the podcast you guys are doing, somebody hearing it, just the amazingness that, you know, just sometimes these little acts of us reaching out can really impact somebody's business. But, you know, any impact that's small is, is great. It's yeah. just huge. And
1: yeah.
2: I also heard that I kind of gave a, you know, a pivot speech at uh, the last event that this was all good and fun and great, but now I was ready to do something else. And apparently that gave several people the realization that you know, you can change your mind and do something different in business and pivot and do something new. And I felt my vulnerability in that was, um, was a value. And, you know, I, you know, received some really kind words about that as well. So who knew me kind of like freaking out a little bit would actually help other people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is there a certain type of business owner or entrepreneur that writing a book really helps? I mean, are, are there certain kind of careers that this really accentuates and some not so much?
2: Um, very much so. Any kind of consulting or strategy yeah. work that you do, I mean, it really, really helps um, you share the breakthroughs and the strategy that you've done for others, and so people can resonate or connect with that and you know, kind of self-identify that this is, this is the type of person they need to work with or the type of company. So again, any, any outward reach that you need to do to build an audience and establish further credibility and be able to share some really good information, then that's usually the books that are going to be the most successful.
1: Awesome. Your new book… The fabulous efforts of business ownership, redefining choice words to fuel your small business. It's coming out October tenth in paperback. Why don't you tell us a little 10, bit 10,
2: about 10 at 10 a.m. Yep. Oh at ten A.M.
1: What's so what's this book all about?
2: <laughs> this is really this is my business journey, redefining it as well. I mean, I, you know, had quite a bit of fear growing up, going into business. I mean, having seen what entrepreneurship can do to a life yeah. and a family, and um Taking that and, you know, going into it and hitting a lot of failures myself and really kind of getting to that point of just really being able to redefine it. It's like, well, what does that mean? You know, is failing isn't doesn't mean I'm a failure. It just really meant that I was trying new things that I just wasn't good at yet. Mm. And each time I failed, I got better at it or got some new information or realized it wasn't the right time. And so that's what the book is about is, is redefining that fear, that failure, and all the efforts that come along with that, that it takes faith to get through that, you know, fatigue. Sometimes you just start thinking that, you know, you just have to stay exhausted and keep moving forward. And that doesn't work in business. You actually need to sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah. And
2: so it's it's um it's all these really cool F-word nuggets of of my business journey actually over the past 30 years.
1: That's interesting because there's this there's this narrative going around now in the entrepreneur world that you have to hustle, 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 hustle 24/7, hustle 500 days a year, but I grind. I grind. But I mean, you actually I mean, you have to take time and refresh and refocus and revitalize your body exactly
2: because if you're not focused you don't have clarity and And you're you're not going to do anything of value exactly if if you're tired your brain's not working and you know i went through complete burnout and wrecked my body and it's like what good are you when you completely hustle and burn yourself out do you have to work hard absolutely do you have to recharge hard absolutely and you know you got to have a great core of people around you also you know i was You know, the lone wolf and really trying to do things solo and, you know, take great pride in doing it on your own. And, you know, I didn't I didn't grow up really until I realized that there was nothing that I could do or should do by myself. Now, all of it's my responsibility. So you can bring in teams, you can bring in friends, you can bring in anybody that's going to help you do something. But the accountability is mine but also the delegating and just trusting other people's skills that I don't have and making it all part of a great collaboration.
1: You know, there's a there's a quote. I just made this up when you were saying that when you were talking. I just made this quote up. You're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I just I just thought of that. Not
2: sure you made it up. I think you remember that quite well, but
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone else said that before me? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> as as with a lot of your quotes. Yeah. yeah.
2: That means he has great memory and great recall.
0: (laughs) And he's so confident that he thinks that's it's his great idea, which is good. That's what I love about you. Um,
2: the Fabulous efforts of business ownership. I mean, that was one of the things, you know, I was doing a lot of networking with B2B Tribe. And as soon as I had decided that, you know, I was going to put that on a little hiatus for a while. Then I spent a year writing that. I've rewritten it six times. I mean, that first time was that crappy journal-like thing, you know. (laughs) And, you know, it's just kind of growing up and unliving parts of things, you know, some of the failures failures still hurt a lot more than I realized, and they were still holding me back in some ways, and so doing this book was great therapy for me, and then by the third and fourth proof, it started becoming, you know, rewrite, not proofs, but the fourth rewrite, it started becoming something of value for somebody else, and then it just went through a peer review process, and you know I sent it to people I knew would love it. I sent it to people that I thought would probably hate it, and none of them disappointed me oh, wow. <laughs> so, but that takes courage too you know to yeah. you take your work and you put it out there, and every one of them helped make the book so much stronger because their input you know I'm an introverted female, and so to get an extroverted male's perspective on things is kind of eye opening. <laughs> And it
0: really helped strengthen the book. Hmm. I think that's amazing because, you know, you being able to experience being an author and getting being vulnerable and putting it out there has to help your clients so much. Like you've been there, you know, you're not just sitting at a desk reading manuscripts saying what's good and what's not. You've you sat down, and you know what it feels like to, to pour your heart onto those pages. And I'm sure your clients appreciate all that.
2: Well, appreciate. Um, there's a different level of that. Um, they they call me pretty tough because I don't let them get by with anything because I'm invested in their success, not financially, but just emotionally, and you know from a credibility standpoint. So. You know, we we have what we also know as the client freak out. It usually happens at the second proof, and that's when your ego just goes exploding all over the place because you're you're getting ready to be vulnerable, and you're getting ready to put something out there. Then, you know, you get all the fear garbage talk starts popping in, and we've had people actually just hold their book and wouldn't let it go because, (laughs) you know, it was getting ready to go out to the world. So, yeah. This is my second book, and I went through two very different levels of experience with both of them. So between seeing over the past 20 years, between seeing all the different levels and phases that clients go to, and then actually going through all of them at least five times myself, yeah, it's, um, it's a pretty transparent time. So I've, I've developed some amazing skills as a guide, and so I really guide my clients through this process.
1: Are there any clients that you've had who have dealt with uh, imposter syndrome, like like working with they're writing a book and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, who am I to write this book? Nobody's going to read it. And if so, what do you do to help guide them through that?
2: Well, I congratulate them first for being very authentic. And the reason why I say very authentic is, as business owners, what are we what are we geared to do? We're constantly changing things, innovating breaking through our own personal boundaries we're expanding ourselves so when you're feeling authentic when you're an authentic person and you are going through that then you have a a little bit of your struggle with your integrity and so what i have found is the clients that actually feel like they're having a moment of you know they're they're having this facade or it's there's imposter syndrome and what it really is is that you're just challenging your integrity and you need to be able to do it in a way that you know, you're not putting your ego out there in a way that is making you false confident, but you're seeing that you're actually expanding in areas that you just haven't in the past. And, and doing that no longer makes it an imposter. It just makes you see the level of integrity that you really have. And you just, you know, you've redefined it. So you keep moving and keep changing and keep expanding and keep growing.
0: Right on. That's good stuff right there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> a little exclamation mark on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Is
0: all that in the book? So what was the first book about?
2: The first book was about a mentor. So the, the family that had taken us in after we lost our home and the farm and the business and everything, she actually became a lifelong mentor. And then within just a couple of weeks of starting my business she actually called and she had become fairly sick and disabled and she had changed and impacted my life so much that I felt I had a debt that I could never pay back and so I committed to um, to driving it was a, a four-hour round trip committing to doing that every week and helping her out so I learned a great deal about friendship and service mm-hmm. and health care and so many things, cleaning, (laughs) just, you know, so many things. And so after she passed away, I did that for 10 years, did that journey every week and sometimes every third weekend for 10 years. And when she passed away, it left a really big hole in my heart and in my soul. And I also realized that I had learned so much that it was no longer information for me to keep. Mm. And so I wanted to share that. And so I wrote the book. I would go to her home every Monday night and sit on her couch and we would talk about you know, the crazy things that I had done and all the people I was blaming for everything. So she taught me about accountability as well. But sitting on that couch changed my life. So the title of the book was On Heaven's Couch, um, A Journey with a Masterful Mentor.
1: Amazing. Wow. I think, where can somebody go yeah. to get that book?
2: Um, it's on FabiePressler.com, pressler dot com f a b i p r e s l a r dot com so i have it now in ebook and interestingly enough this podcast we it is her it's today's her ten year anniversary of her death and i'm mm-hmm. getting i just didn't even realize that till a oh, friend wow. of her granddaughter posted that on facebook
1: oh wow oh, uh, my yeah
2: so interestingly enough i am you know putting out another book with, you know, her, she's in there as well as one of the great guides that were in my life. And so I'll be celebrating her again on the, her 10th anniversary.
0: So. Awesome. Very special. Um, so who's, who are some of your other influences, whether it's, um, in the entrepreneur world or the publishing world or literary, who are some people that you've always looked up to?
2: I don't know that I've always looked up to a lot of people again. Um, you know, with the background that I had, I was really flying solo for a long time. (laughs) And so, you know, just anybody that's out there making great things happen. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to sound trite, but I absolutely adored Mother Teresa's story and I did everything, including at the time I was losing my job when she came to Charlotte because I just wanted to be in the same building she was in. (laughs) You know, just really anyone that does something with their heart and is able to impact people in a beautiful way, and not like her in that sense, but in a lot of other people's senses, learning how to monetize it. Because I mean, I didn't—I don't have a wealth background, so I need to take whatever passions I have and be able to to monetize it, so that I can do more things. And I'm not afraid to do that because seeing some great people out there being able to do it—you it, know—I grew up thinking you had to have no money. I didn't have any, so mm-hmm. that that was good. But that's not the case. I can do more with money, (laughs) a lot more with money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Brian and I were talking about uh, how your mindset gets conditioned as a child and things like that. So it's funny that you say that. We were just talking about that today. Very much so. Mindset
2: is a huge thing. And my mindset was in fear for most of my life. And now my mindset is to intentionally set forth and create and then let things go. So I'm not trying to micromanage things. I'm actually allowing things to unfold more the way that they need to instead of pushing them into a corner or making things happen the way I think they should. Okay.
0: So how is, It didn't
2: work out too well when I was in control is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I was
0: going to ask. That was going to be my next question. How has Spark kind of evolved over the years? I mean, it sounds like now you have a bigger team. So who's all on your team and what do they do?
2: Yeah, we have work. I intentionally am keeping it smaller. And so there's seven of us and the majority of the company are these really, really skilled designers and their background is in interactive design and publication design. And then we have a, a full time communications director who, um, was actually a client for seven years before she came on board and she, you know, has been phenomenal. So we have the word part and we have all the design, which is the core of the building. And then we also have um, a publicity person. And then we have someone that um, coordinates all our marketing clients. And I'm very shortly going to open up two more positions. I I need to get an assistant back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for anyone looking to write a book, What's the first step? Connect with you guys, or should they go ahead and start writing?
2: Um, One of the cool things you can do is go to sparkpublications.com backslash books. And we have a free 30-minute video that talks through the entire custom publishing process. And what that does is it kind of lets you know all the steps you need in order to create a professional book. And it also lets you know how we're going to work with you and it also, you know, kind of helps our clients self-select if we're the firm that they need to be working with.
1: Okay,
0: and okay. all
2: you got to do is sign up for it and it's free.
0: Awesome. Awesome. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah. I've actually been to the website. You, ha- you guys have a bunch of videos. It's like at least eight, six or eight videos probably, right?
2: Um, we have some client testimonials on the bottom of that, um, the books page, okay. Office of Spark Publications and, you know, tell them they're sharing their stories, their experiences.
0: Well, oh, very good, very good. That's kind of a good segue to kind of take us home, I guess. Why don't you, all right. I, I know you mentioned the uh, the website, but spend like the last 30 seconds just remind people uh, about your book and your website and how people can get in touch with you and all that.
2: Okay, well, if you're wanting to get a book independently published, sparkpublications.com, and if you want to learn more, it's backslash books, go to that tab. We'd love to be able to help you out. I'm very honest about whether I think the book will Help you succeed with your goals. And if you're looking for the fabulous efforts of business ownership, that can be found at babypressler.com. And it launches in just a couple of days, but you can go ahead and purchase it today.
0: Excellent. Awesome. It's fear, failure, faith. And a few more. I'll, we'll let the readers uh, figure them out when they get it, I guess.
2: Oh, there's 21 of them. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we have all kinds of F words in here. <laughs> but not the one everybody thinks of that's a business owner because we say that one too, way yeah, too yeah. much. Yeah. So to put it in the book. <laughs> my
0: favorite F word, Brian? Yeah. Faby. Oh, that's uh-huh. good. Yeah. It's good. One. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We'll talk to you later.
2: You guys are awesome. Thanks, Faby. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.